your sig line tells us that you're board of directors of the West Coast Stock Car Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah. Okay, so Phil and I have been tampering with the space-time continuum some, and we're going to do some yes. more of it. So I want to know when our reality meshes with the reality of Pixar's cars reality, will human stock car drivers from our reality and the sentient cars... Will they be in the same Hall of Fame, or will they be in different Hall of Fames, like for each type of athlete? Oh, you mean when the universes meld together? Yeah, they'll, they'll be yeah. in different Hall of Fames. There's like a billion Hall of Fames, so like we're West oh, okay. Coast. Oh, like There's the like regional the Charlotte. One. Yeah, oh. yeah. So they'll have their own Hall of Fame because they don't like to, you know, they like to have their own little pedestals to stand on. Let's a little more cars talk for for the cars heads out there. If you were in the cars world, would you want to be a race car, or would you want to have some other role? Like one of those cow things? No, no. I was thinking like they're a historian and, and, and there are Hall of Fames in that world, I imagine, right? Yeah. They're, they're cars of letters. Yeah, I don't want to be a, I don't want to be a stock car in the cars universe. Just like I don't want to yeah. be a driver in this universe. Because it's kind of a grim world. It's like once it's over for you, they just cast you aside. It's rough. Oh, well, you know? it's, yeah, it's you a, go to that junkyard. You have to hang out yeah. and like kind of be sad. You just tell old stories forever. Yeah, and that's if you're lucky. You know, have you ever seen Brave Little Toaster? No. <laughs> I've only seen the one scene from it. It was like I was flipping through the channels uh, uh, as a teenager. Basically, it's a all... progenitor of cars for sure. Is that the one where they throw it... the old appliances away and they're all sad? Yes. Well, yeah. uh, and they sing a song about how they're worthless and nobody wants them. They used to have value, but now they don't. It's pretty rough. And I can only imagine like people who saw it at a younger age. Like I saw it at an age when I knew I wasn't a machine or, you know, I, but like, Maybe old enough that I get that it's a metaphor. I, you know, there's this book about this, Mike Mulligan and the Steam Shovel, which like mm -hmm. my mom used to read to me. And it's about yeah. an old steam shovel that is being replaced and they're going to throw it into this ravine with all the other junk. And it's like, that's rough, man. That's, that's a rough I don't want I don't want Sorry. anything to do with those because I already have a hard enough time with empathy for inanimate objects for no reason. I don't need a backstory for the inanimate objects. That's all I have empathy for. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, God. Jake, that's the only thing you have empathy <laughs> for? Like, you don't feel sorry for human beings, but you feel sorry for like a lamp that you're throwing away? The real human beings, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we can start the podcast, right? Oh, yeah, sorry. Now that we've established we have zero empathy for human beings, only for appliances. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hello and welcome to Every Damn Thing. It's a podcast where we rank everything. I'm Phil. And I'm Jake, and we're here to guide you through the list of everything. Each episode, we take items and tell you where they rank on the list of everything. The list can be viewed by going to everydamthing.net, and you can find a link in the show notes. Uh, so, Phil, we've known each other since before Starfleet Academy. Once, while in a dream state where we were living out a whole second life... If I recall correctly, a mysterious space object had rendered us unconscious and inserted a simulacrum of our long-dead civilization into our sleeping minds. That's right. Anyway, when we first arrived in this dream world, our dream wives gave us a ranked list of everything. We spent the remainder of our dream lives memorizing the list, but as the dream decades passed, we gradually learned that the dream planet we lived on was about to die. Our dream society began preparations for our world's end. Our globe's globing away party. Which involved uploading our planet's story. Our orb's obituary. Into the space object, which was launched into space just before the planet's destruction, eventually running into us and imprinting the story into our sleeping minds a millennium later. When the story ended, we woke up in the real world aboard the USS Enterprise and discovered that only 20 minutes had passed in real time. We also discovered that the ancient civilization forgot to include the list of everything in the obituary. We can now only access the list little bits at a time through a scientific process called shooting the shit. That's how, with the help of our friends and listeners, we reassemble the list of every damn thing. The list is now at 219 items, with Dolly Parton at the top and Transphobia at the bottom. Um, just to explain a little bit more about the list... Animal Crackers and Bill and Ted's A Bogus Journey are in the middle of this. Now, when we say Animal Crackers, we're not talking about the Marx Brothers movie. We're talking about the food Animal Crackers. Barnum's I, Animal Crackers, the ones. And we, that when we say Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, we are talking about the Bill and Ted movie, and not the actual journey that they go on in the movie. 
Yeah, and not the Animal Crackers movie. Oh, yeah, that too. So if, if you want to look at the complete list, go to everydamthing.net. You can find a link in the show notes. Yeah. We're joined today by uh, a first-time guest, our friend Melissa Blyer. Hey, hey. As you heard her voice earlier. She's a esteemed guest, longtime Colleague friend. and an expert in many, in many fields. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> a polymath. Jake, let's get to it. We're going to rank some things. Um, this episode should be coming out um, maybe on Thanksgiving, maybe around Thanksgiving. We're heading into the holidays. Uh, listeners, please be patient if our episodes take a day or two to come out later than they usually usually do but uh anyways happy thanksgiving everybody oh yeah happy thanksgiving. Uh, i'm thankful that uh you are editing this and i don't have to do it <laughs> great <laughs> uh, so anyways yeah our first thing yeah. we're gonna rank this is submitted yeah. by luke s okay let's get to it's it star trek the next generation um now i want to clarify some stuff first this is a tv show um but it's also a bit of a media franchise right there's the tv series that was from 1987 to 94 there's four movies if you include the one that crosses over with oh, star I didn't trek think about that. movies there's uh, there some comics. video games. There's an awesome pinball game from the 90s. There's comics. There's novels. Uh, you know, role-playing games. Oh, um, a slash fiction. <laughs> Erotic slash fiction. That, yeah. true, true. Um, yeah. There's uh, TV spinoffs, Deep Space Nine and Picard. Um, there's also some ad that I keep seeing lately on Instagram that features some of the actors. For, I, I think, think it's an like, on, like an online game or like an app game. We've got the category of media franchise on the list already. And I guess maybe even though technically it's like a sub franchise. Of a maybe franchise, we should just keep it to the TV show. Well, that's like what people are most familiar with. I mean, I don't know. Okay. Even if you talk about Star Wars and looking into the expanded universe. I mean, I don't know how many people like really know about like novels or care about the novels or comic the books. pinball game was quite fun like that would probably move it up in the list i, I really enjoyed it so i mean that. that's where most of my knowledge about this comes from is the pinball game oh that's what you want i read to online it. that it has three high score lists oh so it's like most loops highest score yeah. and like longest time play or yeah. whatever so what you think we should stick to the just call this the, the TV not show if it then? ruins your plans not if you uh, okay let's call it a media franchise then and we'll technically know in our minds that it's kind of a sub sub franchise okay. of the franchise and, and also know mostly what we're talking about is the television yeah. show yeah so star trek was a television show from the 60s star trek, the next generation the original star trek was a television okay. show it's kind of like a western in space and uh, it's about um uh, captain kirk and he has adventures and he has a whole crew and this was on the air for a few years and it went off the air it was in syndication and was actually quite popular in syndication and they said well we're gonna the original creator said well we're gonna make a, a remake and we're gonna do it again none of the same actors though we're gonna sort of re do a reboot Kind of like the, thing, the sort of thing that goes on now. This was in maybe the late 80s. I want to say 19... Right. I don't think they ever conceived it as a reboot. To them, it was always a continuation of the story. Yeah. And, oh, and there had been movies. Time. There had been Star Trek movies in the meantime. But they said, you know, eventually we're going to have to move past this old cast. We're going to have to start fresh and, and, and have a new cast and have a new spaceship and everything. And so right. they go around and they have adventures. And it's, I, I wasn't like a big into it. I didn't watch a lot of it growing up. But it wasn't as action-packed as the other one. And there's not as much like... Uh, there's not like fist fights and the, and the fun music and everything. Cause I used to watch the old Star Trek as a kid in syndication, but um, the other one, it kind of left me cold because it, it, it was a little flatter in terms of like ups and downs. You know, it wasn't like uh, throwing a boulder at a lizard man, or which is, you know, that, like that kind of stuff really appealed to me. I, so I don't mean to say that like, I didn't like it. Um, and I have seen a few in, over the years and people say, you surely should watch this one. And I watched that one. But if anything, I think, I've watched like a lot, the, some of the ones that people say are the best, and I haven't watched a lot of the ones that people say are the Did worst or that people don't, people don't talk about. So if anything, I might be overweighting it. You know, it's like if people only see the really good Twilight Zones, they think all Twilight Zones are like that. You're like, actually, maybe like one in three are really yeah. good. Well, and I think it's yeah. sort of like, and not no shade for not having watched it, but I think it's like, that's the impression because Picard as a captain is much more reserved and he's British. So of course mm -hmm. he's not as 
you know, exciting as Captain Kirk, but really once the series gets going, there is a lot of action and there's a lot more, um, this is so silly to say, but like intellectual action and the, the yeah, stories yeah. are mm-hmm. better. So it's not just, it's like they expanded on the cowboys in space and, and moved yeah. away from just like fist fights with a lizard, which who doesn't love, right? Well, but that, then, like, that, that's why I brought that yeah, one in particular. Well, the one, knows, the one the where, born, you know, yeah, the one where Captain Kirk fights that lizard. It's kind of interesting because the, like, my favorite episode of Star Trek: The Next Generation is this one. It's kind of like their version of that, which is he goes down to this planet and there's this creature and they're trying to understand each other and they don't they don't have a language in common and they can these these aliens. Jake, did you watch this one? Or? The two that you recommended oh, I watched. Yeah, I watched them both this really morning. They're so both this from one, season five. It's like all that they can talk about. It's like when you meet somebody from Ukiah and they only make references to their friends and they're like, oh, this is just like when I was at this place. With so to clarify for the yeah. listener, they're both speaking English, but their syntax and their grammar just the, the two don't make sense to one another. The viewer can't understand this other yeah, because language. And, and for, you can also talking. say that the universal translator isn't working. So they're they're yeah. speaking the same language, yeah. but the uh, actual understanding isn't meshing. Because everything they say is like a reference to a shared cultural uh, event, which they all know. You know, they're all talking about events that are familiar to them. They're like, oh, this is just like uh, Darmok when he met so-and-so. And they're like, if you don't know this guy and you don't know who, the story, it doesn't mean anything to you. So it's about like rather than uh, Kirk on this planet with this lizard man, like trying to find a way to kill him better, which is sort of like. I, I don't like well, I want to put too much into it, but that's kind of like the the American experience or the co- uh, Cold War I, like type yeah. thinking. Instead, you're like, oh, I'm 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 stuck on this place with this other person that I don't understand. How can I like reach out to them? How can I try to bring them in? How can I talk to them? And it's like it's incredible. Like I loved it. I was like clapping when I watched it. You know, like the um uh, this is actually I'm gonna make a reference to a a shared cultural thing that other people aren't gonna know, but. In the San Francisco Chronicle, there used to be a little man that jumped out of his yeah. chair in the movie reviews. This is, this that is was for like the movie me. reviews, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, movie was... reviews for people listening were a thing that used to happen in newspapers. Yeah. Newspapers used to come out once a day. Movies they were a were... thing that used to be played yeah, in yeah, theaters. Yeah, so, you'd go to them and yeah. then you'd get a newspaper, which is a it's like the internet, but you hold it in your hands. And, and you didn't you, and you didn't know be... if it was good or not. You couldn't watch the trailer unless you went to another yeah. movie. Yeah, and, oh. and instead of there being a, a rotten tato rotten, t- rotten potatoes. <laughs> Tomatoes <laughs> percentage. There was a little guy who was either he was he ranged from being asleep in his no his chair being empty yeah. to him being asleep in his chair to him being kind of sitting up paying attention to him being clapping clapping to him being flying out of his chair clapping with his butt up in the air. They should have and his hat flying off his like, head. He's disgusted or he's shocked or he. He is like looking with one eye. He's afraid or something. They should have had more range. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, or he's like, I'm going to go back. In, so I'm going to use my time machine to go back in time to suggest this to the San Francisco Chronicle movie reviewer. Like, you yeah. know, go to the city desk and say, hey, I don't know if that's a city desk, whatever. Entertainment. Speaking of um, going back in time to San Francisco in the 80s, let's talk about uh, Star Trek. No, that's but, not. But that, no, that's, that's not the next generation. <laughs> oh, you're right. So, it's true. so the people on the ship, I, we talked about Picard. He is an incredible actor. He is played by uh, Patrick Stewart. Patrick Stewart. Patrick Stewart. Yeah, and he brings a lot of gravitas to the role, a lot more than William Shatner, who is like a very, I, you know, I enjoy the guy. He's very silly. I, I don't want to compare the two. I guess we should. I was my fault. No, it's. But, I know. think it's not. I think that's a lot of the things that people do is compare the captains, right? Through all Star uh, Trek, that's yeah. you know, you have your favorite and, and captain. I'll tell you what put me off the show and what maybe not want to watch it as a kid was uh, the robot. His name is Data, and he has very pale How can you skin. Not like Data. His eyes are gross. Oh. I don't like looking at it. And I, I imagine they're probably painful for the actor. It's just like, especially in high def, I don't like, like maybe it would have looked better on a, my small TV growing up. 
But on a large TV now, I say, oh, this isn't for me. I don't like looking at this guy. It makes me uneasy. And then if it's an episode where it's like they have to decide if he's deserving of, of, of being a human being or of human rights and all these sort of things, I'm starting to think like, oh, I don't, I don't like the way this guy looks. You know, maybe, maybe I'm not really, as sympathetic with him as I'm maybe man. supposed to be. I shouldn't say if that. If you look but... like a toaster yeah. with little eyes or something. Oh, yeah, we're yeah. back maybe to where we answer. started. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I, everybody should have human rights, including uh, uh, the robot in there. Well, eventually we're going to so, get there, right? That's, that's, that's and, I think about Star Trek. It's future tech that a lot of times manifests itself. So when you look at data, you can look at Sophie, Sophie the Android, I think is her name. Is it a character in the no, show? No, Sophie the Android is a real uh, life AI that's oh, being developed on the inner Japan. She watching us right now? Probably. <laughs> oh, I think we, Jake and I might have seen videos that we, we discussed the Uncanny yeah. Valley. Oh, yeah. Back. So it might have been that we looked at videos of, of Sophie. Yeah. Sophie, Sophia. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, you yeah. have to develop empathy if we end up creating artificial intelligence. Oh, totally. I mean, I, I almost think like I'd have more empathy towards this robot or, you know, towards this guy playing this robot if it was less human, if it was like, if he looked more like a C-3PO or something like that. If it was less uh, uh, outwardly human looking, I might be more... Like, I might have liked him more. I don't know. It's just something that uh, put me off and it made me feel uneasy. Did you guys watch Free Guy? I haven't no, I seen it, but I keep hearing how good it is. On the topic of, like, making one have empathy for uh, AI, mm-hmm. that's, like, sort of the whole point of it. And it does a really good job of it. I'm, I'm impressed. I recommend Well, yeah, because the main character is so, an NPC, right? Yep. So, um, um, Melissa, what are your favorite – do you have a favorite episode or, or, or themes in the well, show? Well, I tried to think about that. And, like, I decided that I wasn't going to be able to pick a favorite episode. But I thought I would pick some of my favorite um, like characters that have come out of it um, because mm, okay. you have Q, who actually we meet in the very, very first episode of the series and ha- actually defines a lot of the timelines in different places. And when you said that there were spinoffs, there's actually Deep Space Nine, Star Trek Voyager, uh, Lower Decks, and Picard. So Next Generation actually made, I mean, Star Trek, the original series, made a foundation but uh, Next Gen really like built up on that. Do all of them follow Next Generation? Well, they all take place about the same time. So they're all in the, the continuum. Do you okay. have to watch all of it? Can you just watch one thing? I'm, I'm asking for Jake's sake here because I, I might want to watch it. But the problem is it's so daunting. There, There's years and years of it. So like, like what can I – can I just skip over all of it or what? If I wanted to – if I see a Star Trek thing is on TV now. He's asking for your permission to not you, watch You don't Star have Trek. to watch all of Star Trek to watch Star Trek. <laughs> Like okay, Lower okay. Decks is, uh, which is one the one of the newer animated shows, is actually really funny. And you might not get all the like the little in jokes and like. But there's like a banana peel someone slips well, on it. Like, like, when you out. talk about data, there's evil data, and and there's a joke about oh, evil okay. data in there. Is, is soap bubble um, or bathtub squeezy guys? And so I mean, it's just uh, it's, the joke is that there's a um, you know an evil one amongst I, I, all the. I could ones. I could do the math and I could put yeah. it together. Like you know, as long as it's like as long as someone falls on a banana peel. I'll be okay. Like, you know what I mean? I can like, <laughs> as long as there's something on my level as well, I'd be able to enjoy it, I imagine. Okay, let's let Melissa continue. You, you said oh, Q. Yeah. Uh, so Q, you have the Borg, right? So the Borg mm-hmm. is a major villain in the, the Star Trek universe. Um, and you actually have Picard turning into uh, Locutius of Borg. And it also sets oh, wow. the stage for Seven of Nine. Oh, it's like body horror. It's like, yeah. or, or it's also like, am I human? Because the, the machines that take over them or they, they become sort of machine. They're humans. assimilated. 
So they actually, uh, it's a, it's a wiping of identity, was, was, really. So it's, you become uh, sort of. And it's like, what if I'm just this cog in yeah, this larger exactly. machine? What if I have no value? It's dealing with those kind of anxieties. Well, that's and good, that's, that's like uh, in uh, where 709 comes in, not next gen, but mm -hmm. uh, that reestablishment of an identity. Oh yeah. But we can't, we can't talk about that though now, right? We can. It's relevant. I mean, yeah. it's... next gen is like a, establishes a continuity for so much. I, that makes sense. So it's not, it's fair that we should, we think about something's effects. Yeah. You know I feel I mean? like the, the pinball game is pretty Borg focused. I think maybe the, the Borgs were like sort of the main. Uh, now, was it your favorite pinball, pinball game, Jake? Because no, I liked it, but it wasn't my favorite. I think it's probably top 10. I was trying to think. I don't, if, uh, unless I saw games. it in like Santa Cruz, but I don't even remember. The pinball game came out, I think in 94. Mm -hmm. And so it was, it was pretty ubiquitous for a while. Yeah. Definitely was at the boardwalk in Santa yeah. Cruz. Uh, yeah. I was a, I like No Fear pinball and I liked Attack from Mars pinball. Those were mm -hmm. mine. So that, that's just because I lived across the street from a 7-Eleven and those were the ones that they had there. Those ones are okay. Um, <laughs> well, you don't like them? Too good. By the way, Q has been, this is spoiler alert, but Q is actually on the, has been submitted as something for us to rank. So one of these uh, days we're going to have to rank the, the character. Maybe uh, we should ask Melissa again to be a, a guest or to come, you know. Maybe. You, uh, I mean, if she wants to. Or somebody hates you. <laughs> so what is the idea of Q? Q is, is like a sort of godlike being? Yeah, he's, how do I say this easy? He's like, a, he's an alien. Which isn't fair to say because right. once you're in space, everybody's an alien. But he has the ability oh, to adjust um, reality, essentially. And so that's where he comes in and is um, a real troublemaker, honestly. Is he a stand-in for a writer or for a reader or both or neither? Oh, like he says, this is boring what you're doing. I'm going to change it. Or is he like, you know, when you watch the... Um... Daffy Duck cartoons where he gets in an argument with the animator yeah. is is he kind of like that? No, I don't think so because I think I think um, you know science fiction is has a really um, you know you can kind of do anything you want well you can do anything you want with all stories but science fiction is this really broad spectrum of what you can do and Q adds this um, like an unexpected chaos into that creative space right because you know he turns people into um, he moves people into ridiculous situations so you have Picard who's very um, reserved and is this captain like you said that we think about um in a comparison to kirk and like suddenly he's in this ridiculous situation because q wants something and so basically with a snap of his fingers he manipulates the reality in order to get what he wants yeah yeah that makes sense and then so they travel around on the ship and each episode there's a loose continuity so it's like if somebody is uh, is gone in one episode, they might be back in another episode, or you know, they, you can watch them in different order. Um, and it, there's a hum on the ship all yeah. the time, right? It's always there's a nice hum, and and I've heard people say it's very soothing that they like that hum. <laughs> it, it, are you one of those people where you say, "Oh, I like this hum"? I, I, can I, get I don't into know. This. There's so there's YouTube channels where you can actually go get ambient um, background noise for all the ships, oh. and then you can also get background oh. noise, the ambient background noise for all the different. Um, like the engine room or the warp core or the bridge or quarters. Wow. And oh, so there's, damn. And, it's, 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 and, and, and it's like, a, what, it's like a three hour loop of yeah, just that. It's, it's that. And so it's interesting, how, you know, that I, like I put it on the background, um, but it's not quite like, I don't really do ambient sounds. I usually listen to podcasts or whatever, but it's really cool. Um, you know, people who want yeah. white noise at night and who are super Star Trek fans instead could have, you know, essentially the enterprise and you can have enterprise, from all the different iterations so you can have c or d or <laughs> enterprise or you know so you can really you, you yeah. can really find the one that suits you that what a world we yeah, live right? in 
Yeah. I, I guess that shouldn't surprise me. I just, you know, it, it, like everything surprises me, even though it, at this point, nothing should surprise me any longer. I guess it makes sense. There should be one where you hear like the lizard man like wrestling around in the background or like, <laughs> like almost approaching the you. Or, like, the background like crumbling rocks around. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Another thing that uh, Next Generation introduced into Star Trek and into the world was the holodeck, I feel like. That was one of the more important things to come out of it. Oh, yeah. I I, maybe I it's just because the holodeck sticks it. out in my mind as, I, as, I as being the most exciting thing about it. it. Why? Because you're watching a show and you, you're like, Fine, great. I like people flying around in space and doing things, exploring, seeking out new worlds, etc. But then when you watch it, they're like spending their time not not seeking out new worlds, but like inside their own fantasy world inside. Because there's a part of the ship where they can go and they live in a hologram world yeah. and, and they, they can be Sherlock Holmes or whatever. And Whoopi Goldberg is there. But she's yeah, in the then you think, what? Yeah. You oh, think, okay. why am I watching this? Like, what's the point of like, I, that, that was just very troubling to me always. Like, like the whole fantasy of it is they're flying around. They're in space. They're, they're going places. They're not inside. They don't go further deep into themselves. Like that, it seems like it counteracts the idea. First of all, I want to say, I, and here's where like, I have to like take one of the punches out of my nerd card. I don't know if the holodeck is on the original series. I think it's not. I mean, according to Wikipedia, the holodeck was introduced in the first season. And they live in a post-scarcity world where they have all the food and everything that they want. Well, it's because they've they've essentially moved past currency. So there's a different, you know, there's a different way of looking at it. Yeah, yeah. But, so part of Star Trek is the human condition, right? And if you're out in space for essentially years i mean original mission was five and this one is however long it takes seven i think you have all this downtime right and so when you're not on your ship on uh, the bridge like you got to go do something and it's not like you can take a walk outside yeah. so the the holodeck lets you take a walk outside or have i know. i guess i get that it just for like me as and i understand why they want to do it because otherwise they're on the same set yeah, and also sure. like they're shooting it like let's say the paramount lot and they have a sherlock holmes set and they have Sherlock Holmes costumes yeah. just sitting there. They're like, we got to figure out a yeah. way to work these in. I, I mean, I get it like from a practical reason. It just seems like, and I'm sure that they, they probably address that in the, you know, in episode. Like, why are we, you know, trapped in our own, like trapped in the, doing this fantasy world stuff. I like my friend had an idea for, um, for an episode in which it could be like the last episode where the whole thing, like Picard isn't really a captain. The whole thing is an elaborate fantasy that he has where he's in a sort of holodeck. There is no space travel. Like they're all the, that's oh. the only thing they've invented, and now it's all about him being lost in his own fantasy of power and exploration. So it's basically Picard, like insane Picard in Dallas. Oh, kind of, yeah. Or it could be like I know there's Black Mirrors that are yeah. kind of like this too, where it's like basically uh, uh, the whole thing is just is just holodeck adventures that he's been going on or something. Or so so I kind of like that, and and you can play with like fic- they could play with fiction adventures. I haven't seen that many of them. I saw one where there was a. A character from the holodeck wanted to go outside, and that was that's pretty Moriarty. cool. That's Moriarty. Yeah. Moriarty from the character that's a, a Sherlock. Sherlock Holmes yeah. character. Yeah. Probably like freshly public domain, so they're like, "Oh, cool, we can use this. We don't. This is a character <laughs> yeah, we don't yeah, have to yeah, pay yeah, royalties. Yeah, totally. We can use all we so, want." You know, Phil, to, for to your um, idea of Picard in a um, like creating his own world in Deep Space Nine, the captain actually goes through a storyline where it's is he creating this universe, especially as a black captain or a black leader. Um, or is uh, it reality? So, so they do touch on. They touch on. I mean, Next Gen has I've heard from like the 178 episodes. Um, wow, yeah, I've really heard from like it. from like people who are like real down that 
that Deep Space Nine is like what's up, and that's like the real thing, and that's that's the best one, and that's the one I should I should I should well, we watch. Can, we yeah. can get into that later. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's but, for yeah. that's for a different episode. Yeah, that's for a different um, episode though. And uh, I've, I've never seen any of it. I just so heard go it ahead and best. watch all of Deep yes. Space Nine, Phil, and then back. get, get yeah. back to it. Someday. I just don't I I don't want to have to watch all of anything. I just like you know it's a yeah. uh, I got other things to do in my life. You um, know, we could probably go ahead and rank it pretty soon. You think? Yeah, I can. I'm ready. I do. I do want to say that we all about it. We've talked about John Luke Picard a few times. This is kind of the John Luke Picard show to me. Um, I definitely think that like having just watched a couple episodes and what I remember from watching it uh, when it was coming out that like Patrick Stewart's definitely really the fucking keystone, the linchpin of the whole thing. Oh yeah. Watching it usually if he's not on the screen, I'm like, where the fuck is Picard? Yeah, but Riker like, might be on the I screen. Watch, I want to look at Picard. Or, yeah, mm, he's, yeah he's, but they like, don't interest me. I, like, yeah, I'm not, like, quit talking. Why, yeah, why exactly. are they still Where's on Picard? the screen? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's how I feel. I don't know. Um, if everybody feels that way. That's uh, why I told you to watch those two, Jake. I think maybe because those two both uh, are about Patrick Stewart. Do you guys want to look at the list and see where we can... I do want to throw out Go that ahead. they do have some um, pretty crappy episodes, including Sub Rosa, okay. where uh, Dr. Crusher has sex with a ghost. So the next oh. gen is... Are there ghosts in the show? No, she goes home to like her family's... like ancestral home and it's haunted, house. haunted by her grandma had a ghost lover somebody had a ghost lover and she kind of inherits the ghost lover so next gen is not wow really valuable. yeah it's not good enough to watch but you should know it's there yeah that's the okay. thing is because if i've only seen i've not only seen ones that are pretty well regarded as as the great ones you know yeah and then i told jake oh watch these two we're we're totally biased because we didn't see the awful ones the ones that they don't even put in syndication because they weren't they were bad or whatever you know also so, like sometimes like one of the flipper buttons might be jammed or something like that. Or frequently. Like, so the ball can go down <laughs> through no fault of your own. A lot of times um, you go to see the Star Trek movie also, and there's someone sitting in front of you, and they, they're like very tall, broad-shouldered. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they have a Dr. Seuss hat on, and you think <laughs> like, what? How come, why can't you do the hat at home just today, you know? Okay, so I think the most obvious thing on the list that could, could compare it to, because it has the word star in it, and it's also a media franchise, is Star sure. Wars. Uh-huh. I mean, a lot of I people think don't those know two get compared a lot. They do, yeah. 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 I mean, they're from the same era, but we're t- again well, we're talking specifically about obviously. Star Trek: next The Next generation. generation, not Star Trek overall. I have trouble putting Star Trek or TNG, which I like, above Star Wars. I think that it's good, but not that good. Um, sorry, sorry. And Star Wars is number twenty nine. Yeah. The music's oh, not as good. I don't. Think. And also, I think that you have to like at some level, you have to think of like the bigger impact, right? But like, is yeah. Star Wars impact on the world positive or negative? It's hard to say. I like Star Wars quite a bit, but I kind of think its impact on the world is negative. Whereas Star Trek is about openness and it's about like post capitalism. I mean, it's not a lot of people don't maybe don't pick up on that when yeah. they see it. A lot of people say, oh, this is a military fantasy about people obeying captains. That's the kind of shit I like, you know. But I kind of get the feeling that like Star Trek presents a future, uh, like explicitly a future, not like Star Wars, which is like people are working together for advancement of of everybody. You know, and I think Roddenberry is like, I mean, it's an explicitly hopeful series all or franchise complete mm-hmm. and so next gen exists in that as well where it's looking towards a yeah future. and it's also like an idealized future yeah. which i feel like we don't really get that much like stuff like the matrix which is also on our list yeah which so is much that's science, down at 43 yeah there's like dystopian stuff where it's like well we're all slaves being oppressed you know that's the future of course you know or or, or mad max or something yeah. you know but it's like this optimistic view of the future of a possible future well i don't know possible but you know it's like it's i, I kind of think that that's like there's a goodness to that there's like a value to that i mean i I think that would be a more appropriate Star Trek discussion for Star Trek to, uh, yeah. overall. Okay. As a concept, I just mean yeah. it, that's something that is true about about TNG, which is yeah. like yeah, yeah, yeah totally. I, that you're you're talking about 
oh, look, there's aliens and they're on the, the ship too. And there's a robot, you know, and, uh, and this guy is blind. Um, uh, what's his Jordy name? Jordy uh, LaForge. Uh, LaForge. Burton. Yeah. He's blind, but he has the, um, but he had, and, and that's cool. Like it, yeah. it's like, yeah. it, and if you're like, if you're growing up, I was going to say if you're growing up and you're blind and you're watching it, but I mean, if you're, we you wouldn't be watching it, but I'm saying that like, uh, you know, if, if other people can watch it, they can see themselves in it, and that's good. And yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's like it's incremental some, change. Yeah. What's or that? if there's some something about you that that sets you uh, apart from totally, the rest of totally. society, the same yeah. way that that Jordy LaForge's thing, because Jordy LaForge isn't technically. I mean, he's blind, but he can see because yeah, not functionally. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. yeah. functionally, um, it's just that he has a thing on. Him. So I think we established it. It's not going to be above Star Wars, yeah. as Phil mentioned. The next thing down that is comparable, I think, is The Matrix at 43. Um, we're talking about just the first movie, The Matrix. Um, which is definitely sexier than yeah. Star Trek: The Next well, Generation. Well, I don't know. I mean, I, mean, I don't know, a man. Lot of like, sex in Next Gen. I just want you to know that by the end of the first season, even Data is having sex. Oh, oh yeah, really? yeah. I mean, and Riker okay. has yeah. sex with practically anything that walks by. He's really the Kirk of yeah. Next Gen. <laughs> and, and also yeah. the um, the woman on the show, Deanna Troy. Yeah. I was watching the show and uh, and my wife said, "You know, Phil, she's got that's her extension. That's not her real hair." And I got so mad. I like. <laughs> she also told me the same thing about Keeper Sutherland and Lost yeah. Boys. She's like, "Phil, those are extensions <gasps> on his head. That's, that's up. not his real why, hair." I was like, "God damn!" Why is she gonna break so many? Things? I know. Like, I was like, "Wait till the sh- wait till the movie's over at least." Like, why do you gotta tell me this now? Let's can't we just pretend? Um, no, but um, so but like, a, yeah, do... there's it's good looking people and and they're wearing tight clothing. Yeah. I think like pound for pound, the entertainment quality of the Matrix movie versus star trek next generation overall is i think i would still put pound for pound yeah minute for minute because it's condensed and it's very it's i I can see that i don't think i would put it above the matrix maybe in my personal Um, minute for minute it's like not in the whole list Uh, a little bit further down we've got at number 50 um batman the animated show oh Oh, that's quite good i think it's a good comparison and which what would you say, uh, Melissa, you were going to say it's one is better than oh, the other? Gotta, yeah, because you have to think of like, if you say uh, Star Trek, there's or Picard, there's a hot chance people understand Next Generation at some level. But yeah. Batman people, unless you're really watching the animated series, people only think of like, they're Batman, Michael Keaton or Batman, the movies or. Yeah, I don't know, but like you have like people dressing up like Harley Quinn and Harley Quinn is from that. That's I mean, true. And also it's probably the like, same people who would know Next Gen that would know Batman the animated series. Now that I'm Yeah, true. Well let's look. We have other T V shows right around here. We have the Golden Girls, Frasier, uh, we also have the three studios and Shakira, the um I say person because she's not only a, a singer but yeah. uh, has many talents. So, I would put it above the three stooges, but I that might be a controversial opinion. I don't, I think it's fine too. I mean, the Three Stooges. I think are, if it's going like to go over the Three Stooges, it should go over these other TV shows and over anti-diarrhea medicine. Oh okay, yeah, so that's I, actually true. It's that's a handy tool, but I'm like totally cool with putting it over Golden Girls. Yeah, having watched both shows as they were coming out, you know, off and on a little bit, and having recently watched some episodes of each show. Well, Golden I think Girls that it's, challenges it, just, it, it makes you broaden your horizons about. Like, it does, yeah. Oh, it totally you might does. think, like, oh, these are older women. We should ignore them and not pay attention to them. Not at to all. take away from Golden Girls and like both, they would still put both things in currently in the top like quarter of yeah. the list. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not. But it, I, but it, I, but so yeah. Golden Girls is at number forty-five, um, and then right above that is metatextuality. I feel like putting this just just between the two would be an appropriate place. I think so place. too. I think that's awesome. where it would go. Okay, so um, Star Trek: The Next Generation uh, goes in at number forty-five, moving Golden Girls to number forty-six. Um, we'll take a break and come back and rank another thing. Okay, so uh, we're going to rank something else today. We're back from our break and now we're ready and raring to go, and we're going to rank something else. What is it? Uh, this was submitted by a listener, friend of the show, Victor K. 
Um, I think he's a listener. I don't know. Maybe he's not a listener. Anyways, but he does he does submit things at least. Um, and it's uh, the Harvey Wallbanger, which is a drink, a, a cocktail. Um, it's basically a screwdriver, uh, which screwdriver is screwdriver is which is vodka and orange juice but you add galliano which is a uh, liqueur um and then you garnish it with uh, orange slice or orange peel and cherry melissa you picked this out of our list of submissions uh, because it's a drink that you it's like it's a drink that i like i think it's the first actual mixed cocktail i ever had oh, so um exciting. my mom sorry mom uh drank these in the 70s <laughs> and so at some right. point in my own home uh when my mom either made one for herself or made one for me and uh, tried it so probably it probably went oh. from screwdriver to harvey wallbanger but right you know screwdrivers are kind of like ubiquitous and so the harvey wallbanger really stuck out but we definitely had the big tall uh galliano, the, the bottle. galliano mm-hmm. bottle so i think that's um, that's, that's what i saw it on the list and i was like oh yeah we better do harvey wall nobody knows what they are really so i'm excited that yeah i just it. know it as like a silly drink that people like a, a drink people order in, in movies uh, yeah. from the 80s i had no idea what the contents would be uh, i'd known it as a cocktail like i've known the name for the longest yeah. time but when um you, you said you wanted to rank it and i looked up what it was made out of i was like orange juice and vodka and like this other thing like that's i didn't imagine that at all i'm familiar with orange juice in cocktails but only as a, only in screwdrivers, really. It brings to mind um, mimosas to me, you know. And so I was thinking, it's like, is this like a a brunch drink, you know? Like, I, mean, uh, I would drink one at brunch. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I went out and had. Well, what, one. what is Galliano? What, what what is the flavor um, of Galliano? So it's a it's a um it's, it's, it's a like, liqueur. Yeah. It's it's made with vanilla and herbs and spices. It's it's very mm. sweet. Um, and it's very anisey tasting. It's pretty high in alcohol content for liqueur. It's forty two percent, which I think is pretty high for liqueur. Yeah, that would be as strong as the liquor. You they are. Yeah. There's a lot of there's you've you've definitely tasted liqueurs that taste pretty similar to it. Um, there's a lot of these anisey sort of like Swedish anisey liqueurs that you would have probably. You tasted. told me we were gonna do this, and yesterday I went to the bar. While my son was in his his uh, karate lesson, you know, and I went around the corner to the bar and I ordered one, and it was like kind of embarrassing. I gotta say, like to order it, <laughs> it was tough. Like I I had to like work up my gumption. I was like, okay, I'm gonna do it. You know, I yeah. resolved myself, and I went in, and the guy was like, how do you make that again? I don't know because it's been a while since anyone yeah. had ordered one. Like probably. the seventies, <laughs> um, and they did not have any Galliano at all yeah. and i was like well do you have any like and then i thought you know what i just don't even want it you know yeah, yeah, like totally. if he's not i don't have it i just so i just i just uh had, had some rum and you know and split but i i did my best you know like i i, I have but i didn't taste it so i feel like i gotta opt out I mean, of ranking we can we can factor then yeah. the ranking the fact that like it's hard to find you, you have to have this specific liqueur that if you yeah. if it's not there um then you're not going to get it i mean i think that uh, well melissa this, this if you order one and they don't have it what do you what's the alternative so if i was like really in the mood for a harvey wallbanger you could substitute sambuca is that right yeah sambuca is really oh, similar yeah. to, to galliano but it's not i bet they had sambuca there I, if i would have known yeah. that i would have said just put some but, sambuca uh, they wouldn't in have, yeah. honestly like sambuca and maybe a little bit of um simple syrup would get or maybe some vanilla would get pretty close to making the drink i have vanilla but my vanilla extract is i make it with bourbon so it would taste weird if i did that i would think you wouldn't want to do you'd want to do just vanilla extract not not bourbon yeah but vanilla extract is made with made with the liquor so you know never mind uh i went to seek this out last night as well Uh, so i went to this like sort of hip it's called white chapel it's this uh cocktail bar in the tenderloin san francisco it's got like it's underground themed like london underground themed very steampunky gin centric vibe oh i know where you went yeah uh yeah, so I went in there. I asked the bartender. Told my one of the Harvey Wallbanger. He chuckled. He asked if um, I have a checklist of drinks that I'm trying to um, 
go through. Oh, you're uh, trying to write it. You have a bucket list. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, I said, you probably hear this from everybody, but I'm just doing this because of a podcast. He had to have somebody go dig up. Like, I mean, they were, they had a full bar, like, you know, lots and lots of different uh, uh, liquors and liquors. But um, he had to have, have somebody go in the back to dig up the Galliano. But he made it for me. Um, he said he hadn't made one in like five or six years. He made it for me. It was good. It was really good. I liked it way more than I thought mm. I would. It didn't taste like orange juice. I thought it was going to be super orange juicy tasting, but the Galliano is so strong, and especially the anise flavor of it, that it just totally wiped out the orange juice. Not totally, but like... Would you order it again? I told this to the bartender, you know, because he asked me how I liked it. I said I don't think I would order it again, but if somebody offered me one, I would Yeah, it's it. not my regular... Like, I drink gin and tonics if I'm going to go drink something. But every once in a while, it's like, oh, I think I'll have a Harvey Wallbanger. I yeah. think that's... The you, name is fun. Yeah, the name is really fun. You wouldn't like it if you don't like anise. Like, I wouldn't recommend yeah. it to anybody that doesn't like that flavor. But, like, really, it's I was so surprised how much the Galliano knocked out the flavor of the orange juice. Or just, like, balanced it. And also... Um, the vodka i barely tasted the vodka it did taste strong alcohol wise but um yeah. it wasn't so much the vodka as i think the galliano um, i would imagine that bar by your house has it the lion's den the lion's den hasn't existed for a really long time but yeah it does seem like the kind of yeah. thing they might wait have. lion's den hasn't existed for the, the bar but yeah they closed yeah it's been closed for years Oh man! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, so another thing about it is, I usually I don't drink a lot of cocktails, and when I do, I generally get something like with mezcal or mm-hmm. tequila or something like that. Uh, in general, cocktails that I drink are sweet, and I end up slamming them. And this because like the, the anise kind of like the herbalness of it and the booziness of it sort of like puts the brakes mm-hmm. on, makes you and, and makes you drink it more slowly. And I appreciated that. I didn't want to slam. So it, you can which get nice. I forget what it's called, but you can get a Harvey Wallbanger with tequila. Oh yeah, I I, read, I was like, it doesn't sound good yeah. to me at all. It's called. It's not called a Harvey Wallbanger. It's called something else but you can do that if you wanted to and it uses galliano it's the same thing it's just not vodka like tequila and anise well i'd be surprised like i'm frequently surprised by cocktails because i think of things are not like this drink specifically i think of things aren't going to combine well but then uh i get surprised and they and they seem to so maybe but tequila and anise does not seem like something that would go well with me but it could be wrong this bar they apparently recently had a special drink on called a hippie wallbanger that was more or less a harvey wallbanger but somehow they infused it with the essence of patchouli which does not oh, nice. <laughs> I like it. This it sounds interesting sounds awful. Uh, yeah well and then, sex on the beach is a variant of the harvey wallbanger that's oh, really? what I, my research yeah does my it have, research does it have like a coconut in it or something something i don't know yeah, yeah i could I see that um had a sex on the beach since like 1994 or something i mean i don't they, think they get ordered a lot although i know that there's a you used to be able to get them in a can at like convenience well, stores wow uh, i remember seeing it and it, but they were called censored on the beach oh oh it wasn't called yeah. Sex in the Can? Maybe it was shit on the beach and they, <laughs> I don't, and they, they censored that. I, I don't know. I, uh, it's similar to Sex on the Beach. Like this is like a super 70s drink. Yeah. Like, yeah. T- like I did a little bit of research, meaning I looked at Wikipedia and a couple other websites online. Uh, well, that's, you went so, to a couple other websites. That's something more than I've ever done. So myth has it that this was invented in LA in the 50s and named after like this LA surfer. But more likely it was developed in the 60s by the company that imports Galliano, who invented this like surfer character a mascot for marketing oh, and then in the 70s situation. it became like a runaway sensation and you know was popular in discos and whatnot mm-hmm. um so that's the history of the drink uh the bar the bartender told me that the the bottle of galliano which is a very tall bottle it's very narrow tall and i feel like, like galliano is the bottle shaped. where you're sitting at the bar if you don't know what it is and you're always like what what the hell is that super yeah. big tall skinny bottle in the back and it's always dusty probably it's always dusty yeah exactly yeah. And he says galliano. he says they call it the, 
it's it's referred to as the bartender's baseball bat because <laughs> they can use it like they can use it to like hit somebody with if there's any yeah. trouble and uh, they don't have to worry about like uh, using a booze that ever gets used because it very infrequently gets used. But it's like oh, you mean like if there's a fight that breaks out yeah. at the bar and you throw someone along the bar yeah. and then you break a bottle over their head? I mean, it's literally like almost not it's not the size of a baseball bat, but the size of a small club yeah, or something I mean, like it's that. got you got to reach on that if somebody's coming across the well, bar to like cause trouble and you're the you can like reach behind oh, for that and whack them is it fair yeah. to take the size of the bottle into account and its usefulness for the bartender when well, we I rank mean, it so, so now we're moving to ranking it i mean oh. we're moving to ranking it, and not only we're talking about galliano which is just a liquor oh, yeah. used in the harvey wall yeah. but like that bit of info is i mean oh, yeah. you're never you're not gonna learn about the bartender's baseball bet probably unless you're talking about harvey or wall getting hit. Could, are, is, is galliano used for anything else I don't think so. I Except don't know. for these kind of seventies drinks yeah, we're talking about, like from the seventies, maybe washing your hands off or disinfecting for a surgery. I think it's almost only used when somebody orders a Harvey Wallbanger, um, and then they have to go tell a guy to get the bottle of uh, Galliano from the back. Melissa, did you have something else you wanted to say before we get to ranking it? Or no, I did see on my internet research, which was also Wikipedia and like a couple other <laughs> web pages, yeah. was somebody said that they thought maybe it was called Wallbanger because they have to get it out of the back and bangs the wall as it comes out oh. but i thought that was like a little more uh maybe that would seem like this is something it, instead of being named yeah. that makes more sense yeah. now but back when yeah, it, yeah. let's you see don't what... think it was big orange you don't think it was like the the, the citrus industry well i mean I, I think it was more the galliano yeah. or the yeah, galliano the, people. the liqueur importers industry yeah. Yeah. um so it's a beverage let's see what else, what's it the highest ranked beverage i think on the list is the cold brew shandy the cold brew shandy was weird it um, was weird the um, that's at 117. It, it's coffee and lemonade. Oh. It's it's cold coffee and lemonade. It was like kind of like this where it was surprising how we, we liked it a lot more than we thought really? we would. Yeah. Huh. Well, yeah, it's yeah. 117. Yeah. I trust you guys. Maybe I'll have to um, – I haven't listened to that episode, it, but I'll go find that episode it, and experiment it, on with it. I, I, if you I, like if you like hearing people drink things and being surprised by not being disgusted <laughs> yeah. by them, and I guess sriracha's on there, which is kind of an unusual taste too. That's, that's at one fifteen. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe it, that's where these things yeah, go. Yeah, but I don't. It can't it's go funny, above be, coffee. Yeah, I was going to say down at one twenty three is coffee, which I would be tempted to put it above a cold brew shandy, but not above coffee. Yeah. Coffee and cold brew shandy are in a coffee's in a weird position. I think it might get mixed. Yeah, yeah. Coffee's we don't know. Coffee might need to be re ranked because yeah, yeah. cold brew it's, shandy being above coffee is yeah. sort of weird, but. So, Coffee's at 123, and down at 129 is apple juice, which includes apple cider, which includes hot apple cider. Oh, yeah. And I, I feel like it's got to go below that. It's a cool drink. And it's a, got it's got a funny name and a fun story, but I, I think it's got to go below. Um, okay, number 154 is hard seltzer. Juice. What do you think about it in relation to hard seltzer? Better than, Better hard, than hard, hard seltzer. seltzer. And also, I think hard seltzer is sure. a, a flash in the pan. I sound like I'm 80. It's a, you know, I feel like it's... Oh, it's already yeah. fading, yeah. Harvey Wallbanger is also a flash well, in the pan. Well, but I mean... <laughs> No, but I think I think I think it's, I think it's way, fair to put it above that. They should pan flashes where it's basically just stuff that you throw on the pan when you're cooking to make yeah. it look like you're really, you know, like you're really doing something. Like a in baked there. Alaska, like a handy baked Alaska. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just thinking about like we talk about flashes in the pan, but maybe there's some way we can uh, uh, make a flash in the pan or like you know somehow we figure this out. Okay, you so if you say the, the ceiling banger in the pan and light it on fire and you get yeah, your yeah. in the pan. Now you're talking, Z. All right. So if we're saying the ceiling is number 129, yeah. apple juice. Yeah. And the floor is hard seltzer number 154. Now, that's, you know, that's quite a spread. What, is there anything I'm else I'm seeing something there? else in here, 135, which I might eventually want to re-rank it. Crocs, the, the clothing, oh. the shoes. Yeah, you say that. You make that face until you wear them. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. Like when, when we ranked it the first time, Jake had ever won there, proxy it's for It's very it similar to our Rollbanger to me in that it's something that I thought was silly. And then I tried it and I was mm-hmm. like, wow, this is surprisingly uh, something that I'm into. I won't so... derail the conversation bringing up a past episode. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Uh, well, let's, so let's I would see. want to put it just sort of maybe below that. I know that Phil's going to want to put him above uh, 140, the movie Spaceballs. Oh, I don't like Spaceballs. Yeah. So maybe around. Uh, but I, I, I never drank one. So I, I don't think I'm really qualified to put it above. It's going to have to. Well, I'm going to defer to Melissa. They, and to they you. were outside of your reach, though. I Melissa, tried. You know, my reach ex- exceeded my grasp. We could put him above Crocs if, uh, if you feel really. You're the only that, one but... who has worn Crocs and had a Harvey oh. Wallbanger. So I believe you're the tiebreaker oh, for where it goes. <sighs> okay, OK, so let's say this. Let's make the ceiling or the wait, I forget how to which is which, <laughs> which is the. Is the one... ceiling is – it's not going to go above <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we're going to make the ceiling Crocs and the floor Spaceballs. Crocs oh, at 135 right. and Spaceballs at 140. Okay. So that okay. gives us Spinderella, Bend, Audiobooks, and Water Parks. I, I have a low vote for Water Parks because I lived in the East Bay okay. when that one collapsed and killed people. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Um, was it a... because teens were bunching up and they, they were, like, collecting? It was just structural. Oh, that's awful. Yeah. I suggest we put them right below Bend, Oregon. Sure. Which is an okay, okay city. Okay, so um, that's great. So we're going to put the Harvey Wallbanger, the beverage, uh, at 138, moving audiobooks to 139. And we've done it. We've ranked two things. Well, Melissa, do you think you would want to come back and, and rank some oh, more things? Totally. Because there are a couple of things that you know about that we don't know about. Yeah, I'd love to come back. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Or you could when, talk about things you don't know about, too. That's like... Probably even encouraged. That's maybe just as good yeah, or even better. I'm, I'm down for whatever. That's... I've learned what a cold brew shandy is now. Thanks, Melissa, for coming Thanks on. Thanks for having it's me. It's great to have you on. It was good to have somebody on that could um, discuss the next generation uh, better than us and somebody to inspire us to do Harvey Wallbanger. Do you want to direct people to uh, anything in Oh, particular? yeah. You got anything to plug? Got any shout outs? Anything uh, like that? I do uh, reviews on Comic News Insider. So that's a podcast. You oh. can check that out. comes out once a week, hosted by Jimmy Aquino. And if you want tons of pictures of my cats, you can find me on Instagram. That's U-L-A, U-W-I-L-A. Oh, and outside Comic-Con and Can the Replicator Make This when there are actual conventions in town. Can the Replicator? What can and can't? Oh, I guess I, I'll say well, that Well, that was actually one of your questions that we didn't get to. Because the Replicator oh, okay. makes the tea that Captain Picard asks for. Yeah, oh. and so why doesn't it just know that he likes it hot? Are there times when we're not watching the show when he when he gets iced tea or when he gets some other kind of tea, so now he has to specify that he wants Earl Grey tea? No, it's it's a mystery. But I think it's, oh, okay. you know, Janeway orders black coffee all the time. You'd think they'd be able to program it in. Yeah, where you just say, I just want coffee. You know what I want. Is so wait, we're talking about remember? a machine on... Star Trek yeah. Generation, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, when they thing. order, he orders the same tea every time yeah. from the computer. So you think at a certain point, you know, even if I if I order something from Amazon, it says like, "Hey, last week you ordered these things. You want the same uh, uh, dish soap again?" You know. So you think that Picard's computer would know that that's the, the way he likes his yeah. tea. Okay, and um, we're talking about this because Melissa's wearing a shirt that refers to it. So oh, it's yeah. tea, Earl Grey, hot, and then also and has a Star Trek. Uh, sorry, so, yeah, Star Trek reference for Picard, and then when yeah. conventions happen. Uh, as part of outside Comic-Con, I run Can the Replicator Make This, which is food that is created to promote fictional universes. Oh. So like cricket okay. bars. Oh, I thought you were just a- answering that no. question. So no. so is it like you make the, the liquor that they drink? Yeah. Um, like or um, Snowpiercer a couple years ago did oh, yeah, a thing yeah. where you could go. You ground up those cockroaches? You could get cockroach bars. Yeah. I mean, they're cricket bars. 
but they're, you know, it's oh. like food that's manifested out of those universes to promote the shows wow. or movies or whatnot. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, my boss had that, some of those cricket bars in our they, office. It wasn't he that like, bad. Kind of was a trap. It wasn't like, that bad. You know, yeah. um, listener, we're like, going to put shrimp, links to like the things that were uh, plugged by uh, Melissa. Yeah. Sorry, I talked over you, Phil. No, I just saying that I eat shrimp and shrimp are grosser than cricket, yeah. so whatever, you know. Okay, we're going to put a link in the show notes for shrimps. Uh, yeah. And yeah, <laughs> thanks Melissa, for coming on. Phil, let's wrap it up. Sorry, you, you, you know, it's true. It's shrimp are pretty dirty. Uh, thanks for listening to Every Damn Thing. We hope you enjoyed it. Go to everydamnthing.net for the updated list and show notes. If you have something you'd like us to add to the list of everything or anything else to say to us, email us at list at everydamnthing.net. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And you can suggest topics there as well. Subscribe or follow the show wherever you listen. Our theme is by Jade Puget. Uh, if you enjoyed the show, rate and review it, please. Send us a screenshot of your five-star review, and we'll bump a submission of your choice to the front of the queue. Um, also, uh, you should there should be a few days left to nominate a topic um, that's already on the list for us to re-rank, which we'll be doing in an upcoming episode. So go to our website or our social media to nominate one of those things. Uh, look around there, and you can figure out how to do it. Look for our biggest failures, the things we got most wrong. Yeah, yeah. Like and tell space us, balls or whatever. Have, there's, what a, there's a post on Instagram uh, where you can, uh, in the comments, nominate something to be re-ranked, which we will... Um, or they can email us or contact us. Yeah. Any, any sort of way. Just let us know which one you want, think needs to be re-ranked. Uh, also, if you want to really support the show, the best thing to do is recommend it to a friend. You tell two of your friends, tell them to tell two of their friends. And you, so why on. not tell them to tell three of their friends? It's like triples. That's, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah, uh, that's it. We're going to wrap it uh, up. Rank Phil, it so. Um, what, oh, what did you say? Say that again. I said rank it so. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> uh, goodbye. Bye. Goodbye.